Hello, hello, hello. This is Joy, and welcome to the Joy of Social Work podcast. Hope everyone has been doing all right. Um, and if you are doing fantastic, even better. So I have been in kind of a funk this week. It is currently Thursday morning. I had to move my car because of alternate side parking. And I found a space pretty quickly. So then I had all this time before I had to be at work. So I was like, I can do this. So I'm doing this. Um, So, yeah, like, it's just been a weird week. Um, I, I am a person that makes a bad moment until like I had a bad day I had a bad week so I'm trying not to do that I'm also trying to really sit and process and think about what is making me um feel like I'm in a funk and there are definitely like real life factors it's not like things made up in my head because sometimes that does happen so there are real things and I'm like really like processing them one by one um I go to therapy tomorrow so I can process them there some more but there are some things going on, and some of them I'll, like, touch on in this episode. Um, but I'm not going to go fully into details because it's kind of one of those things that I don't really want to talk about <laughs> out loud if I don't have to yet. Um, I do think that it is something that I will eventually go more into detail about. But I feel like right now I don't have enough information like, it would be like, a, this is kind of what's going on, and, like, that's not a full story. So I feel like I don't want to talk about it on here until it's a full story, if that makes any sense. So that's kind of been on my mind. You know, other, like, personal things, going back to work, um, I, I want to say shout out to um, my friend, now we, you know, we can be like real friends because I'm not a supervisor, for for taking a leap and leaving our job and saying I want to try something new and do something new. Um, I think people at work are like, how do you feel that she left? And I'm like, I'm proud of her because sometimes we stay in these positions and we stay in roles. Oh, we stay at jobs that we don't like or that aren't suiting us or that we feel unappreciated, or whatever the case may be. I'm not necessarily saying these are the reasons why she left, but we stay in these roles too long because we are too afraid or whatever the case may be, too comfortable to leave. And so, like, shout out to her for saying, like, this isn't doing what I wanted to do, and I'm going to go look for something else and finding something else that she feels like will suit her better. So you go, girl. Um... I'm like low key, not uh, like a, you know you're like a little judge. You're like oh I wish I like felt like fixing my resume, but then I also don't want to go work for somebody else. So that is not the space that I am in. But congratulations and shout out to her. Shout out to all of the people who this year were like I want to do something different. Go you, go you with your new jobs and your new careers. So. What else has been going on? Oh, some pretty exciting things. So on, I don't think I've, no, I talked to you guys like on my birthday. So my birthday was fun, <laughs> maybe too much fun, but I'm officially 35. I feel it in my legs, but I also like need to lose weight. So that could be what I'm feeling in my legs and have nothing to do with age. Um, but my birthday went well, I had a good time. 
Um, there was something else that happened. Leo season ended. Somebody sent me a meme, and it was like a person. It was a baby crying, I think. And the thing said, "This is the Leo's, um, like crying about all the attention they won't get during Virgo season." And so, part of me is like, "Is that why I'm in a funk? Because like it's not my birthday, and I don't have anything like to look forward to." And I'm like, "That joy, you gotta do better." But it's not. That is not why it is. Because there are things that I have to look forward to. For example. On October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, I'm going to be one of the guest speakers at a mental health empowerment sit down with Dr. Randy. His, and I did this, and I'm going to do this later on. I recorded the episode earlier, if you're like, what are you talking about? Why do you keep referencing it? Ow. Um, but I did this earlier because I should write things down before I start talking about them, and I don't. And so then when I start talking about them, it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. Because I'm like, I'm unprepared. So, Dr. Randy's Instagram is doc.underscore.s. And he is a, the mental health, no, I'm lying. The mental hop is his other Instagram. And so, it's like bridging hip-hop culture and mental health education. So, I'll be doing that. He's the other guest. Um, my friend Keisha is putting it on. That is Saturday, October 12th in Brooklyn. The tickets sold out for that really quick um is a free event so i am looking forward to the turnout for that also kind of nervous but you know that's a me thing and then in november i'm gonna be doing an instagram live wow that's new and different never did that before we're going to do an instagram live but i'll give you more details and information on that probably next episode um I'm going to, like, you know, put it out there, spoiler alert. So something else is going on in November. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about stepping out of my comfort zone and doing new things and, like, growing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> growing as a person, as a professional. Um, yeah, I'm just, like, really looking forward to some of these things that are coming up. Thinking about things that I want to do for my own self. Um, connections I want to make, some networking. I think the beginning of October, I'm going to a networking brunch put on by Melanated Social Workers. Um, so yeah, there's some, if you are a social worker or in social work school and you do not have Instagram, you are doing yourself a disservice. There are really some dope people on there, especially um, younger people of color who are doing really amazing things in this field. So if you do not have a social work, a uh, social work, if you do not have an Instagram or if you're not really active on it, try to be because even if you don't post a bunch, just so you can make these connections with these people, um, I could, I could, I should list some of their names in the description so you can like, be like people I think you should follow. If you're not on the list, don't be offended. I probably just didn't remember to put your name, blame it on my mind and not my heart because that thing is a little broken. Uh, what else is going on? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing because I'm in my head. <laughs> but I feel like there's another thing I wanted to say, but I don't know. So that's all we are going to get into this episode. This episode, we are talking about sex, which you probably could get from the description of this, but... We're talking about sex um, and relationships, sex and relationships and dating 
all of the things that I'm like, ugh, I'm over it. <laughs> Where is my husband? Can he just appear and be like, here I am. Sorry it took me so long. It was traffic or something like that. Like, just come on. But I also know that I'm not really ready for that, which is why he ain't here. Because I'm getting ready. And he might be too. So, I hope that you enjoy, please. Um, oh, I didn't know. I know what that was going to say. The one year, the two-year anniversary for the Joy of Social Work podcast will be in January. January 18th, I believe, is the date. Last year was on a Sunday. This year I want to do it on a Saturday. Um, information for that will go out probably in November. Maybe late October. But probably November. Um, so, yeah. That's what's going on in the next few months. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please let me know what you think. Uh, if you repost it, tag me, Lioness Schools Roar, uh, hashtag the Joy of Social Work Podcast. If you would like to email me, have any questions, email me, the Joy of Social Work at gmail.com. Yeah, so enjoy. Okay, so I am very excited because I am here with one of my good girlfriends, Kian. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> um, and so Kian is a fellow social worker. Woo! Yes. Um, down in Florida. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl. Like, down in Florida. Down in Florida. And Kian aspires to be a sex therapist, right? For sure. Um, Something I would like to do. Yes. So this is why I kind of wanted to have this conversation with you because you're a whole ass expert and I feel like people can learn a lot from you and this conversation. So I guess kind of going back, what made you, what what made you say like, I want to be a sex therapist? Like, where did that come from? So when I was doing undergrad, oh no, I'm lying, grad school, um, when I was doing my master's in social work, I took up an elective, a sex therapy class. Mm. And, you know, I initially, you know, being naive, thought it was just going to be about, like, the act of sex, intercourse, and couples shit, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it really opened my eyes and let me know that there's so much more than just having the actual act of sex. Like, it's a whole other realm. And we did a lot of projects, and we had a lot of papers to do, and we had to do you know, interview, different interviews to, like, broaden our horizons and, like, diminish stigma and kind of open up my mind to be like, it's not just, you know, having intercourse. There's so much more mm-hmm. to sex than just the act of sex. And it really intrigued me. And ever since I did that class, I've always been, you know, trying to look into different things, research different lifestyle. Like, I learned about, like, BDSM and fetishes and kinks Ooh. and all these kind of things that, you know... A lot of people will probably um, say are taboo. Yeah. Or like shy away from because they don't have enough information. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then I started doing some advocacy work as well. So I was a part of the Brown County Youth Council. And we were pretty much like um, promoting comprehensive sex ed. We tried to, we actually, we didn't try. We had them diminish or take away the abstinence-only policy in Broward County in front of the school system. Wait, so and wait, wait. Re- tell us, what is that? I mean, I know what abstinence is, but, like, what is so, the abstinence So, basically, um, like, when I was in high school, when you had your sex ed course, it was pretty much fair-driven, and it was abstinence-only a curriculum. 
basically uh, okay. saying, don't have sex, just don't do it. If you do it, all these bad things are we're going to happen. Gotcha. So I was a part of a youth council, and we actually created a new policy, which was a comprehensive sex ed policy, which was not only, it included abstinence as well, but it was basically more realistic because as a student or as a kid, you knew you're going to tell me not to do something, I'm going to probably going to still do right, it. Right, because I want to know why I can't do it. Exactly. So the comprehensive sex ed policy not only spoke about abstinence for those who, you know, are going to abstain, mm -hmm. but if you're going to do it, how to do it the healthy way, how to make sure you're protected. And we actually, um, I used to lobby with my group in mm -hmm. Tallahassee and Washington, D.C. We spoke to senators and, um, you know, Congress. I remember kind of you traveling, I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. we actually got it passed in Broward County. So that was like another thing that made me feel like, oh, my God, I want to be a sex educator, too. That's so dope. Because it's just, it's so, sex in itself is taboo. Yeah. Nobody yeah. likes to talk about it, but everybody's doing it. This is why this is also why I wanted to have this conversation and like, you know, I had some topics and I feel like we're about to go out of like that there's a, ever an order on the Joy of Social Work mm -hmm. podcast. But but I feel like that's so true. Like sex is so taboo. Um I was raised like you're not supposed to have like not that you're not supposed to have sex, but you should wait till you have sex. Um you need to be like an adult. You need to be, like, because you're going to get pregnant or you're going to get an ST. Like, it was just, like, so, like you said, fear-based and so negative. Yeah. And it was just, like, well, who the hell want to do that? And, like, <laughs> everything turns green and falls off. Like, why is that the messaging? Right. So, where, like, did your family talk to you about sex? Come no. On. So, I am actually... Um, the daughter of a pastor. So my father is a pastor. And then um, in my adult life, kind of like high school, my mother became an ordained minister. So uh -huh. I got pastor. One is an actual pastor who has a congregation, and the other one, she's an ordained minister. So sex was a no-go. Yeah. I can honestly say to this day in 2019, I have never had a sex conversation with either of my parents. Really? And I got a kid. You got a whole-ass <laughs> baby. No, I have never, to this day, if my, my mom, has, we've never talked about sex. Like, I've never told her I'm not a virgin. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, I think you, she knows now. I mean, I would think so. Like, it was so crazy to the point that when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was 28. Uh -huh. And I was scared to tell my mom. I didn't tell my mom. My sister told her. Really? Yeah, I was too scared. And I was a whole adult with two degrees. Right. A great job. Yeah. And I was And you were 28. tell her. I was 28. Yeah. Wow. So it's um it's definitely something that was not spoken about when I was a child. Yeah. And either my 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 two older siblings as well. They said the same thing. Yeah, it was definitely the conversation I had was fear-based and then I think when I knew that I was going to have sex, I was like, well it's easier to say tell my mom, not my my dad and I absolutely never had that conversation i would like to think my dad still thinks I'm a virgin. <laughs> like i'm always like do dead people watch you because that freaks me out but anyway um my it was for me it was easier to tell my mom that i'm having sex than i'm pregnant yeah so i think that's kind of yeah. how the converse that conversation was like i had sex i don't want to get pregnant because you'll beat me or kick me out or something yeah, no, it was definitely fair based, and I think that's another reason why I was, I became such an advocate because I know like what I went through, and I learned about sex literally from my friends and my cousins yeah, and reading things, same. and I never had a good foundation 
when it came to sex. And I think that's kind of why I had like that ignited passion to, you know, educate, you know, break down stigmas, you know, just, you know, talk more about it because not a lot of people know right about they know about the act of it but nothing more what do you think is the the conversation or the messaging that should be had should be had and do you think there's like an age that it should be had well when we created the policy comprehensive this comprehensive sex ed policy it basically um it was age appropriate okay so the policy was broken up into like you can have it in a certain way for good touch bad touch Okay. For younger children. So it was age appropriate. Like me personally, I think that um, kids nowadays are extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and they know way more than we expect them to know. So Absolutely. I don't think it's ever too early as long as you make sure you do it in an age appropriate way. For example, if you have a child that is like a toddler or under five, you're not going to tell them about, you know, the act of putting on a con. You're not going to do that. Right, right. You may explain to them, like, you know, this is your vagina, this is your penis. Um, you know, only time someone's supposed to be touching it is when they're cleaning it. Like, you make sure that whatever the lesson you're conveying, it is age-appropriate. Gotcha. Okay. But I think as young as, you know, elementary school, because just letting them know you don't get touched here. Yes. Or, you know, if someone touches you, you tell the teacher. You have to make sure that that is instilled in children from a young age. Because the way the, the society is going, like, you know, crazy things are happening. Every day. Yeah. Every day. I think the good touch, bad touch is very is a very important lesson. And um, when I talked about when I had the vagina episode, I was like, it's so important to use the word, like use the words of what the thing, like say vagina, say penis. Don't have your kids thinking they like it's a flower, it's a pencil. Like call it what you it know is. Why that's so important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because but you can... if they're in, in court... Exactly. And, or if they're, like, a police officer comes to investigate and, they, you know, they tell them... I think you said it in one of your yeah. episodes. Like, somebody touched my, my cookie. Yeah. And, you know, an attorney, a real good attorney, can have that thrown out. They sure will. They will have... And they will have your child up there looking like a liar. Have you looking like a parent that, like, put your child through this for no reason. You know, it's just not yeah. worth it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's better to just say what it is. And like I said on that episode, I think if a three year old is like, Don't touch my vagina, in my mind, uh mm-hmm. a person that was going to do that in an inappropriate way would stop because then obviously this kid knows what it is, they're gonna tell somebody. It would be my thought. I mean, like, I don't know. But so what kind of so part of why I wanted to have this conversation is because, like, I am back on this dating scene, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and pr- I wouldn't even say that I'm back on this dating scene. I'm single. I don't, wouldn't, I'm not dating. Um, but I find it interesting that when I meet people, sex seems to be one of the first conversations that comes up. By you? By who? That? Not by me! <laughs> I am like I'm not a prude but I'm like whatever the next thing after that is I'm like I am most likely not ever bringing up sex so you'd probably be what like you know someone would call you'd probably be like vanilla you're not prude but you're vanilla <laughs> okay I'm vanilla yeah. yeah that's what we would call you vanilla but like so I did the app thing for a while I like go off and on of that and like I mean, even as of, like, last week, somebody was like, well, what kind of panties do you like? 
to wear. And I was like, what kind of question is that? Like, and oh, this wow. is this what dating has become? Or is this, are we just in like such a like hookup society that people don't yeah. get into relationships? People just want to have sex first. They don't want to really even get to know you. It's just like, are you available for sex? And I think that has a lot to do with how society is evolving, especially with, you know, social media and how, you know, people portray themselves or, you know, people may think that, you know what, I, I have heard that it is deemed like we're in a hookup culture. Yeah. Where people are just looking for someone just to hook up with and, um, you know, see what they can get out of the situation. A lot right. of people do, do that. Not to say everyone. I'm not going to, you know, rule right. out Not everyone. And also, like, and if that's what you want to do, that's fine. No, I'm not knocking it. But it's just so interesting that I feel like it comes up. The other day, or like, I guess the other week, I posted, um, being an old school romantic in a hookup culture is a special kind of hell. Because it's really like, oh, wow, you seem like you're interesting. And then you ask me, like, well... What kinds of things are, like, no-goes for you in the bedroom? And I'm like, why are we talking about a bedroom? Like, did we even talk about my favorite color yet? What's my favorite color? (laughs) Do you know my favorite color? Do you know, like... I don't know. What borough I live in? Like, basic things, I think, are just, like, not even known anymore. It's like, will you have sex? Right. And, and like, I guess because I'm so vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) That I, it's like hard for me because I'm like, do I play into this? And then I'm like, no, like I don't want to have sex with you. You are a whole ass stranger, and be, and that's not my thing. Again, if that's your thing, that's cool. Like, do you live your life? But that's not a me thing. So for me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And then I feel like a lot of women, at least women, I'm not going to just say women that I know. I just feel like a lot of women, maybe it's a lot of people, I think settle and stay in these and stay in relationships that they're not necessarily happy with or they settle for somebody because dating is a special kind of hell, in, in my opinion. Like, I think yes. that it's hard. I, I am... And and, may, and I'm not saying, like, I'm looking every day. I'm not saying, like, I'm really, like, out here doing work to find someone but and I feel like anytime that I talk to someone it's almost immediately goes to sex and then I'm like well yeah. is, it, is it something that I'm putting out maybe maybe it's me I don't know. you think you're giving out you're putting out the sex energy no <laughs> I don't even know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you I am a special kind of awkward that I'm like I don't I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I do not think that that is what I'm putting out, but maybe I am. Maybe it's like I the, like, I, think I said, I think it has a lot to do with just the climate, you know, yeah. um, especially also with people are always going to try their luck, so to speak. That's true. You know, people are always going to test and push the envelope to see, you know, well, if I say this to her, how is she going to react? And then if she feeds into it, okay, then I can, I know I can move forward. If she is hesitant, I'm like, okay, I know I can't try her like that. I also think people are, um, do test the waters to see what level the conversation is going or what level, like what they, basically they want to see if they can try you. Right. (laughs) And if they're like, oh yeah, I'm here to damn fuck, then they're like, okay, cool. Let's get it on. Exactly. Yeah. And nowadays, dating, you have to sift through a lot. Yes. You have to sift through a lot. It's not, um, 
it's not like a a, a smorgasbord where you could just go and be like a buffet. You know, right, you right. Go. No, you got to sift and you have to figure out what works best for you. And a lot of people, what I think um, would benefit people if when they are dating, they know what their, um, their, their hard no's are. Yes. Like if you already know out the gate, what are the things you're not going to tolerate and like, you're not going to settle for, it makes it a lot easier. That is true. Yes. So I did meet a guy some months ago and on our first date, he was like, well, what are your pet peeves? And I was like, great question. He's like, because, you know, at the time I was 34, he's like, you're 34 years old. You got to know what things you don't like. And I'm like, that's so true. And I like, there's a gang of shit that I don't like. I feel like everybody has a, a bunch of pet peeves, but like really sitting there and like putting them together and like a, how might this be something that you do or that can impact where this goes like that was interesting to have to like think about that yeah but it does make sense to like some stuff yeah i don't i'm sure that i didn't say all of the things because i probably should have said being mad pushy with sex is like a pet peeve of mine but i did not say that because i think in the moment i think in that space that i was in at that time it was like, oh, maybe that is what I want. And then, like, we had sex. I was like, oh, this is weird. You know, it was like that. Like, I felt, I kind of felt guilty. It felt like, you know, there's a picture of Rashim in my room. So that was awkward. I felt like he could see. It was a lot. It was like I had a lot of feelings about it. And then I was like, well, maybe that was a bad idea. And I shouldn't have done that. But it was just, like, weird. I, I think, like... When your partner dies, you kind of think like, will I ever have sex again? Yeah. And then you have sex again and you're like, oh, that was kind of strange. Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, that was my experience. Other people might have different experiences. There's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of what if. What if I start crying? That was what I thought was going to happen. I was like, I'm going to just cry the whole time. But I didn't. I I was like, it was, I was just, I had a weird energy afterwards, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, then it just kind of like turned into a sexual relationship. And I was like, I don't think that's what I want. Yeah. I think yeah, it, you have to set your intentions. Yeah, exactly. I think initially I was like, I could be okay with this. I don't think I like, like I like him, but I don't think I like him like him. Um, like on paper, he seems cool, but he's kind of a dick. But whatever, like it's fun. And then it wasn't fun. And then it became, then I felt mu- like a, like an object more than a person. It was... Yeah. It's not to play on your emotions. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's an, another thing. Um, sex is so emotional. I agree. It's so much more than just the act. Like, people don't understand. You're transmitting energy. Yes. And that energy yes. is a part of you. And energy is, 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 is big. Like, yeah. the energy is... Yeah, you can change clothes. You can take off a condom, but energy sticks in a it different kind of state. Stays with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like part of we had stopped talking for whatever reason, and then kind of started talking again. But I felt like it was just so he could have sex with me, and I I, I asked him a question. I said, if you didn't spend so much time working, because he works a lot, if you didn't spend yeah. so much time working. 
What would you do in your free time? Now, if I asked you that question, what would you do in your free time? What would you say? Who, me personally? Like, you personally. Like, say we're like, I'm like, so if you didn't have to work so often, what would you be doing with your time? Oh, my God. There's so much that I could say I would do. For me personally, I would rest because I feel like I'm always on the go. Uh-huh. Like, I don't have time to sleep. Good and answer. And I would try to create because I, I feel like um, Good answer. my, my creativity answer. Is, mm-hmm. is stifled. Mm-hmm. Um, with my nine to five and you know my kids so I, I feel like I, I, I'm such a creative but I'm not living in my full potential with that uh-huh. you know and then I would definitely do a lot of self care because yes. I, I unfortunately my self care is on the back one oh girl yes I think all social workers are really struggling <laughs> with that all social workers struggle with that it's like do you have to take care of yourself and you're like what do you do for yourself and you're like man listen right, <laughs> I ate a lot of bread today which was not okay but yes all great answers all things that I, you know, like, I I echo those. Do you know what this man said to me? What? Probably smoking weed. What the fuck what? kind of response is that? So, so my I said, I can't have that energy inside of me. Oh, boy. I don't want that. Nothing wrong with smoking weed, but, like, if, if yeah. he's a lawyer. In your free time. I was about to ask you, is it the same <laughs> one who I think it is? But I wasn't yes, like, yes. okay, I figured it was him. Yes, that's yeah. yes. So you're a lawyer in your free time. That who says you want to like have your own practice. You want to do all of these things. You want to travel. In your free time, you just be probably smoking weed. What the fuck kind of response is that? I didn't expect that answer from him. Me neither. And I said, oh, I can't have that kind of energy in me because I just need like for me. I, I need some, I, in this moment, in this space that I am in now, which is very different from a space that I was in five years ago or ten years ago yeah. or whatever, in this space I am in now, you got to want to, like, if you're not actively working towards your goals, you, like, got to have that shit on some piece of paper and you, like, are making step one. Like, I, you just true. can't be, like, and, and like I said, I don't even know what episode. If you're going to be, like, I just want to be, a custodian be the best fucking custodian you can be and like if you want to like own something figure out how you can own a business and if you're like i don't want to own anything i don't want to run anything i just want to be really good at what i do how can you be really good at what you do what can you learn and how can you keep on like just keep your craft i don't know new and fresh i have a similar um you know situation so i wish you had one of my go-to questions is where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. You know, and I um a while back I had asked someone, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And they was like, oh, I don't know. I don't look into the future because you know I think I've accomplished everything so far, and that's a big red flag. Yep. Because you was a whole grown ass man. Whole grown and ass. You man. you can't even be able to say like you know what maybe I wanna do this and you know and if he had accomplished everything in his adult life you should always have something else you're looking for. I agree. I agree. That was a that's a big red flag for me. If I ask you, this is friend, partner, dating, anyone. If I ask you where do you see yourself in five years mm-hmm. and you can't give me one 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 answer that basically shows me you don't have no ambition right i agree um (laughs) i asked somebody that somebody that i like kind of started talking to and that went nowhere because like 
It just it just didn't align. I remember when my ex many moons ago when he and I broke up and I was trying to find an apartment because I had to then move out because whatever. He cheated in the I house. Remember. <laughs> I, remember. I remember. I um I remember going to a realtor and I'm like, I need to find a home. I just started working whatever whole dramatic thing and a guy was like asking me questions about myself and then he was asking me questions about him and he was like you know why your relationship didn't work and I was like why he was like because you weren't equally yoked what? and I was like you don't know me you don't know that my life me out. but like the reality is I think that did play a role in it like mm-hmm. I think on some level to have a successful relationship I think you gotta you gotta like you don't both have to be doctors. You don't have to be lawyers. You don't have to both be like, have the same kind of degree. But I think you got to have the same kind of drive and motivation. Like if you are like, like you, like you're saying like, I'm a creative. I need to create. I want to do this. I want to do that. I have these goals. And the person you're with is like, you know, I just want to sit on my ass all day. That's not going to work. No, it's a hindrance. Because you're going to be looking at them like move your fucking ass. And they're going to be looking at you like you always doing something. It will make you resent them. Though. Yeah. You'll be very resentful. <sighs> so that's why I think dating is trash for me currently. But maybe it's just New York dudes and my husband doesn't live here. Maybe he lives in Florida. Ooh, that's far. <laughs> <laughs> but he might, though. I will travel for love. I have a friend who traveled for love. She went to Florida, actually. No, see, look, bomb. And you know, she's married, she got a baby, life is swell. Maybe I just need to get on a plane and go somewhere. Cause I think also it has like um things won't come to you until the universe is not gonna send anything your way. Absolutely. Until you're ready. And the universe knows that us as individuals and us as humans, we play all day. Yeah. And when we think we're ready, we're really not. Especially if you're not doing the work. That's true. So That's ready, true. You know? That's true. And the you know the universe likes to play. Like I say it all the time, the universe loves to play. Mm-hmm. So if you play with the universe and you think you're ready and you think you this, but you're still doing those things that you haven't been healed from and Amen. whatever, whatever, you the universe preach. is gonna continue to send you foolishness. That girl, yeah, <laughs> you ain't lying. You're right. I feel like when I met Rashim, that's when I was like. That's when, so I didn't say that. So we met, what, six years ago? Yeah. Do, do, I think it was 2013. Because, yeah, it was like 2013. It wasn't 2012. It was 2013. Um, Through Fuck Being Fat or now FBF Body. Right. And Zakia Blaine. And like, I was really working on joy. Like, that was, like, the first level. I think that was, like, the first time I, like, really, really, really started, like, working on me and, like, loving on me. And, then I, and then I met Rasheen. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that. Yeah. And it was, like, I'm yeah. talking to this guy, and I don't know what this is, but I don't know if it's my boyfriend. And people would be, like, well, just ask him. I remember y'all would always be in a group chat, like, did you ask him if y'all yes. a boyfriend or girlfriend? I'm, like, I'm not asking yeah. that. And it was like nine months, not nine months later, like seven months later. <laughs> I was like, wow. I said something and he started talking about an anniversary and I'm like, we have an anniversary? He's like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So I have had a boyfriend and I didn't know it. But 
I think I I wasn't looking for it. I like I, at that point I think I was like I'm over it. Whatever. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, whatever. And literally when I wasn't looking. So I do believe like when I'm not looking and when I am really ready and. A, a large part of me knows that I am not ready for a relationship because I am definitely still trying to heal and deal with some shit. So, yeah. it'll come when it's supposed to. But that brings me to another point of like, so I just turned 35. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, whoop, whoop. I know I'm like, okay, it'll come when it wants to. But now I start to remember all, like the things when I was younger and women in their 30s would talk about their biological clock. And it's, you know, it's something you laugh at and it's a joke when you're 16 or you're 20 or you're 25. When you're 35. It's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. And your whole life, um, you've been told that you have to have a baby before 35 or like your baby's going to have some kind of problems. And again, I know a bunch of people who've had babies past 35 and their babies are fine. But, you know, that shit is scary. It's just additional pressure. It is additional pressure. No. It is. No. (laughs) No. 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 Not at all. And uh, that actually ties back into, like, society. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think people understand how much society controls us. You're right. And what's the norm and what is accepted and not accepted. You know, I think we're so bound by that my mom had me at 39 yeah and she was told to have an abortion with me because i was gonna have down syndrome wow it is. let me tell you down syndrome where where you get me? So, <laughs> that's that part so my mom had me at 34 Mm-hmm. And she did all of like the genetic testing, and she said if they told her I was gonna have Down syndrome, she would have had an abortion. I was like, well, bitch, that ain't nice. She was like, <laughs> I. She was like, I knew I couldn't deal with it. So why bring you into this world? And like that's her choice. That is her choice. Yes. Um, but like my cousin had her daughter, I think at thirty nine. My sister had mine at forty two. So like, yes, I know that you can do it. But I saw this damn meme with this like old person with a cane going to the graduation, and I said I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I had the old parents exactly. growing up. I know exactly what meme you're yes. talking about. He was hip though. Yeah, he was like, you, you know what it is though. <laughs> I can relate to that though because I, my mother was, you know, the older one. Mine too. In the PTA meetings, you know, and everything. However, yes. like. As much as I can be transparent and said I was very embarrassed at my mother's age because all the other kids, they were much younger. Yes. In hindsight now, bro, like, it, like everything has to happen for a reason. And it has to happen that way because I am 11 and, and 14 years apart from my brother and my sister. Uh, right? Okay. And right now, with everything that's going on in my life, I'm the one who, I'm my primary care, I'm the primary caregiver for my parents. Yeah. I'm a healthcare surrogate. Mm. I handle their finances. I do everything because my sister and my brother are not capable of doing that yeah. for whatever reason it is, distance, so forth and so on. So I was born for a reason. Absolutely. And my mom tells me all the time, like, you know, one day she'll sit down and tell me my birth story and my conception story. I'm like, nah, you can save it. <laughs> you don't want to know it? <laughs> no, I, I mean, nah. Like, man, we've never talked about sex before. Like, you ain't gonna just, like... <laughs> <laughs> no ma'am you're not gonna I go know. from never having a conversation to like well then it was this one night your daddy no, I, told her, ah! I told her to write it down 
You funny. So you I said write it down and then I read it. But no, you can't tell me that. But I say all that to say like everyone thought that like I was the oops baby. That's mm. what they used to call me. And now my parents are both seventy years old now, mm-hmm. and they thank me every day because of things that I assist them with from med management, going to their doctor's appointments and everything. They don't know what they would have done without me. Right. Right. So everything That's happens real. for a reason. That's real. That's so I don't think I think like we need to not be constrained like you know tied into what society says oh you gotta have a kid by 35 like if it happens at 37 God or the universe or the spirit however you use those words interchangeably is gonna make sure that you your child and everyone else involved is okay yeah don't dwell on that too much too when you dwell on that especially like I know how you are cause you're a lot <laughs> like me we anxious as fuck so all in my goddamn head yeah, so when you dwell on it, it throws the universe off. Yeah. So you have to, like, just sometimes be present and live to, for today. Yeah. And that's how uh, I'm trying. You know, it's, 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 it's a task. It's definitely, like, hard to sometimes just be, like, just chill, Joy. Like, if it's supposed to happen, it will happen. And then, like, there's, like, I don't want to say, like, health problems going on, but, like, I got to have some tests and stuff run. So that's kind of freaking me out because it could, the result of it could be, like, you can't have a baby. And then I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I'm like, you'll be okay. But, like, that, you know, we'll cross that bridge if I we have to. Oh, I'll cross that bridge if I have to. But it definitely makes me nervous of, like, Shit, what if I can't have a baby? I mean, then I won't have a baby. Like, that's what Those the answer to that'll be. Feelings. Yeah. Um, to have. However, you being anxious as fuck, like your shirt says, <laughs> you don't even know what the... You haven't even taken the test yet. So you don't even know what the outcome right. is going to be. You're worrying You're right. about what... You don't even know. I Take it as it comes. And that's the problem that I think a lot of people have. Especially for me. I'm a true Virgo. So I'm a control freak. Elvis it's Virgo season. Yes. <laughs> and I've learned from, um, you know, trying to get more into my spirituality that being in control actually comes from fear. It stems from the root mm. of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of what you fear makes you want to control everything because your fear overpowers your trust. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> off my feet I found it out. Yeah, and doesn't it say in the Bible, like, if you have faith, you shouldn't worry? Or yeah, something like that. He, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Oh. But of faith and a sound mind or something like that. That's yeah. the PK in me. God has not given us. We used to sing that in church, spirit of fear. Okay, I'm not going to yeah, sing something like that. But he has given to us the spirit okay. of fear. Look, I sit on choir, but I can only sing with other people, not by myself. Anyway. Oh, so, um, one book that I started reading that I need to finish, and then another book that I got that I'm excited about that talk about these things is <laughs> I'm showing it to you like <laughs> like everybody else can see. Is it the book that we both have? Yes. So that's the book. I haven't started this one yet. Okay, but I was going to cool. ask you how far are you in it? I haven't started it yet, but it's called The Game of Desire by Shan. Boudram, is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah. Shan Booty? Shan Boudram. Her, um, her IG is Shan Booty. So, um, I went to this, this, 
I guess like a talk sort of mm-hmm. at the Lit Bar. It's in the Bronx. It's the only bookstore in the Bronx, I want to say, currently because they closed down Barnes and Nobles a few years ago. Um, and it's owned by a woman of color. Shout out to her. I can't think of her name right now, but the Lit Bar if you live in New York City. Um, and she was talking about like dating and flirting and and like kind of like take each date as a gift and like learn something from it and when she was talking about flirting she was talking I can't I do not know how to wink <laughs> and don't know how to flirt I'm like I can like like touch a person or I can like buy you a drink but I'm like awkward and weird uh-huh. and I don't know how to do the other things but like even like looking at somebody like if somebody looks at me I look away because I'm like why are you looking at me and she's like if you look away it means you're not interested and I'm like that makes sense yeah but it's also awkward to stare at people no, listen, this book, and I'm not that far. I'm literally still, like, just past the intro, uh-huh. the first chapter. And I had to stop reading it because I was like, ooh, it's coming for me real hard. Like, this book. Well, when she was talking the at the thing, I was like, oh, you, you, you speaking to me? Who told you that? <laughs> so, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I, I gotta get, I, school is about to start. And I'm like, one of the things that I really want to do is really make time to read for pleasure. I think being in grad school and I've been graduated for a long time. So this is a bad excuse at this point, but I feel like being in school for so long makes you hate reading for me, made me hate reading. So now there's so many amazing books and I'm like, I'll start it and then I'll stop because like, work will start or like something will pick up or like I'm busy with this and I just like say I gotta make time to read because it's so important and like you learn so much you learn so much about other things you learn so much about yourself um and I there's this other book it's called Dear Future Wife it's by uh Bashe Williams he's a Mm -hmm. yes he's a another social worker I started reading this in Puerto Rico I it was you know when you like (laughs) I was being so annoying huh what you gonna say I, I saw it on your on your nightstand the other day. Oh yes. And I was like, ooh, I need to ask her how this book is. Girl, girl, I was reading it. You know, you read something. We um when when I went to Puerto Rico for the Healthy Vibe Retreat, I would like read something. I'd be like, oh Carrie, listen to this, and I'm start reading it out loud. She was so over me. I was on the beach like. She was like in the water. She was like, you gonna get in the water? I'm like, mm-hmm, let me just read this chapter. And then it'd be another chapter. And then it'd be another chapter. And I'm like, girl, listen to this. I'm taking pictures. I'm sending it to my friends. I'm like, you need to read this. Carrie this- was sick of you. Girl, over me. I was sending pictures to one of my other friends. I'm like, oh, girl, this chapter's about you. <laughs> like, it's so, this is my, and I, again, I'm not finished reading it. But for me, it feels like what love should be like once you I don't know that you ever fully heal, but you once you're like really, really, really doing the work to he- to heal, or you are healed. I guess you can eventually heal, but like once you're like really doing that work on yourself, and you're in a healthy place with yourself, and you have another person with you that's also like done the work on themselves. Oh my God! I was like, this shit is not real. That, what? What? Yeah. Healing is ongoing. Girl, it's, it is so, an ongoing yeah, process. Yeah, it's ongoing. Like, just because you were saying just now, like, you know, once yeah. you eventually heal. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know that you heal, can heal. But I feel like 
it, it's weird for us to say that, can you actually be healed? And I don't think it's really that. I think it's that the healing is, you do the work and it's ongoing. Yeah. It's not just like, okay, I did the work, I'm healed, I gotta stop. Because, you know, anything can happen that can be a trigger. Yeah, or absolutely. You, I think healing is ongoing. Yeah. You always like have to do ending. the work. That's true. Because if you stop focusing on yourself or you stop focusing on the healing, like you said, a trigger could happen or you could just forget, like you forget like how far you've come and you become so consumed with your new life that you, I don't know, I don't know, you have a set, I don't know, anything happened. I ain't there yet, so I'm not sure what happens. I'm still actively doing the work. Actively healing. But listen, this is a good read. Um, and it's like, there's, um, you know, like, places you can write and you can it's quick called to take it personal where you can like reflect on like how is this about you and i'm like yo to be in a healthy relationship ooh, child but i'll put the i'll put the names of both books in the description for people if you are interested in reading yeah so my goal this year one of my um goals i wrote down was to read five books for 2019 nice and i have not completed one book Okay. I have a whole bunch of books that I've started. Girl, you got um, like one a month you can read. Huh? You got like one a month. Exactly. So I think I'm going to try to commit to reading 20 pages a day. Uh-huh. Um, to try to like, you know, at least, I feel like reading is so fundamental. Yes. And especially because like in the age of social media, and I'm not going to front you, like I could be on Instagram for hours. Same. Like I'll go down the Instagram hole. Next yep. thing you know, I'm, I'm learning how to make falafel. <laughs> falafel. Falafel. bread and stuff. Wait, has Instagram ever been like, you've caught up for the last three days? I'm like, what? How? <laughs> what is that what I've just been sitting here doing? Scrolling for through three, day, three days of feeds? Joy. Yeah, so... Um, like, could have been doing I, anything else, but... Yeah, it's definitely something I'm trying to do. So I guess I got like, what, uh, four, four and a half, three and a half more months left? Three five books. You could do it. Yeah. Uh, don't pick like the biggest books. <laughs> Bro. So my number one book I want to read though is the Shan Booty book. Yeah, I'm really I looking like forward to that. Just reading a little bit of it, I felt like she was coming for me real hard. Yeah. Just from the intro. Yeah. Romantic so success is yours for the taking. Woo! Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish Dear Future Wife, and then I'm gonna read The Game of Desire. How about How about you finish Dear Future Wife by next week, and then when I come to Brooklyn, I'll just come get it from you, and I'll start. Boom. How about that? Got you. All right. Say less. Say less, sis. Because it's. I mean, it's and it's a easy. It's it's really one of those books that you can read the whole thing. You, you, like, when you were little, did you ever used to, like, sit and read for hours? And your mother be so, like, go to bed. No. Oh. My, yeah, I did. But my mother was never really, like, go to my bed. Uh-huh. Cause my mother was an educator, so she was the one making me read. Okay. <laughs> she was a teacher for five years. So she was the one making me read. So, yeah, I would read for hours, but it was I was never told to stop reading. Gotcha. No, yeah. So it's one of those, like, books that, like, I would like you could if you really like sat and read and like spent some time you could finish it in two days, three okay. days. Depends on what kind of reader you are. I'm not a quick reader. I gotta process shit. I'd be like, what? Go back. <laughs> so I get distracted when I read. I do that too. 
I always take a book in the bathroom when I take these two-hour baths, and then I'll be on the phone. I should not bring the phone in the bathroom. Yeah. Change shit up. But. Right? Okay, so what are some final thoughts you have about sex and dating and things that, like, you think are important for people listening to know or to consider or think about? All right, so boom. So, in, just in general, mm-hmm. dating is hard. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing that makes it easy. But I think if you prepare yourself for the dating life or you prepare yourself for, you know, the unexpected, it can it can ease it. Like, for example, like if you have your hard nose and you mm-hmm. know what you, what you, um, you know, will tolerate, it helps you to, to weed out the people who could be like time wasters or, you know, game game players and whatnot mm-hmm. and then i also feel like um how you portray yourself attracts how other people will treat you in a way like if you know your self-care and your self-love you can then attract someone who's going to care for you like how you care for yourself mm-hmm. so you have to do a, a lot of times and i know this is very hard especially for people and I'll be transparent for people like me I'm impatient as fuck <laughs> I'm impatient so I want things to happen I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak I want things to happen right now today tomorrow because I'm in control and I can make it happen yeah. dating and finding you know your life partner that does not work like that mm-hmm. it doesn't and especially if you haven't done the work to make sure you are healed That's and so you true. aren't bringing any baggage it's, it's going to be a longer journey yeah. It's going to be a longer journey. Yeah. I've even thought about, you know, being celibate. You know what? When, <laughs> after Rashim died, I was like, I'm never going to date. I'm never going to be with anybody. I'm not even going to want to be with anybody. And then the, fe- and I'm never, like, I'm never, I'm definitely never going to have sex. As the feeling of, like, wanting companionship came back, I was like, oh, man, am I going to have sex? And I feel like, the first opportunity, maybe not the first, but like maybe so the first opportunity I had, I did it. And then I was like, oh, I feel like maybe I shouldn't have done that. And so like, it's like really knowing yourself and knowing like, am I doing this because I really want to do this? Am I doing this because I feel like I have to do this? And like, I feel like there is even for and maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I feel like there is some kind of pressure that comes with having sex and like. A lot of times you think you're doing it because you have to. Right. And I'm like, girl, you are grown. You do not have to have sex with somebody because they want to. Like, you can say no. Do not feel obligated. You should always say no if you do not want to. And it's like this weird, like, oh, well, they still like me. Girl, if they don't, then they don't. Like, and I think that's like, sometimes I think that plays into, like, the... I, I feel like sometimes I'm, like, sexually immature, if that makes sense. Like... I was older when I started doing it. I didn't have a lot of, like, I don't know. I don't think I had, like, a lot of conversations about, like, things that I liked with partners, which I think, like, I, I did want to go into, too, because I feel like some of us are having bad sex and oh, aren't saying for sure. anything. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like you should enjoy it. Why, like, yeah. why do it and you hate it? You dread doing it. You lying to your partner. A lot of people have sex and they don't even know what they like. They that don't even too. know their own bodies. 
they don't know their bodies. Right. They don't know what they like. They just do it because it's something society says, you're an adult, you're supposed to be fucking. Right. Like, there goes society. And I'm sorry to keep bringing up society, but I just want people to understand society has all these limitations on us. Yeah, absolutely. That we, we have to let them go. Absolutely. Like, I, do th- I don't think, like, I think, it, like, this is probably going to be real vulgar. <laughs> so just like if you're with people, mute it. But I think like before I started having sex, listening to like friends and listening to TV or like even like porn shit like that. It was like, oh, somebody got to have a big dick and it got to like be like this. And then the first person I was with did. And it wasn't I didn't enjoy it. It was like right. painful. There was certain things we couldn't do. Um, like, because it hurt. And I'm like, this isn't fun and I'm not enjoying it because I'm in pain. So like, this isn't, I don't think this is good. I don't feel like you should be hurting. I don't feel like you should feel like your body got ripped in half. Like, yeah, you definitely shouldn't feel like that. So like, or like, you know, I have a friend who's like telling me about some guy and it was like, it wasn't great. And it's like. You need to have that conversation. She's like, how? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to have that conversation because I should have had that conversation with people. Yeah, and then again, she has to be able to identify what is great. Yeah. What is great for you and what are your needs and what do you like? And then then once you identify that for yourself, then you have to communicate that to the partner, to your partner. And I feel like there's a lot of people, and I'm not going to say women or men, I'm just going to say people because sometimes men are unsatisfied as well. That too, yeah. Not just women, but we settle. We settle because maybe, you know, everything else is going on and go going on good in the relationship. The bills are paid. I'm happy. <laughs> they spend time with each other. So it's okay for me to take this L. Like, no, you're supposed to be living your best sex life. Yes. Yeah. There's so many women who don't orgasm. Girl. That's a problem. I, I think if you, yeah, I think if you took a poll, most haven't. And maybe that's not accurate, but I do think that, like, most women haven't. I don't, I think, like, I I remember, like, someone being like, did you come? I was like, I don't even know. How do we, how do I know? I, I, don't, I don't know how to, I think I did. Sure. You think I did? If you think I did, I did. I, like, I don't know. It's not until you're in tune with your body then you can know what you really like. Because, like yeah. I said, everyone's body is different. Right. Like, we are, like, so many different, you know, People are made up of different genders, you know, personalities, melanin, non-melanin, kinky hair, non-kinky hair. Like, everyone is different. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to be sexually satisfied differently. Yeah. It's not one cookie-cutter um, emotion, like, oh, stick it this way, do it this way, and it's going to make me enjoy it. No, yeah. everyone is different. And if you can't figure out what pleases you, you can't really hold no one else accountable for not pleasing you. Because you don't know your damn self. That's true. How does one learn? <laughs> um, I think it has a lot to do with being in tune with their body. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like, not even, like, I know a lot of people probably say, like, oh, well, you need to masturbate. Mm-hmm. But not everybody is cool with masturbating. So maybe it could be just with, like, exploring your body, knowing yeah. where you have pressure points or part points on your body that are sensitive to touch. Right. And just knowing how your body reacts to certain things. Like, if you brush your hand on your neck, does your um, ears get warm or does do your nipples get erect or things like that? Just knowing your own body. Or even if you're with the partner and you are having, you know, an intimate session, pay attention to that and you'll see how your body reacts and you'll know what you like from what you don't like the body is such an intricate intricate thing Mm -hmm. that like when when you are aroused did you know that um your clitoris actually like enlarges yes and swells when you're aroused and if you're not aroused it doesn't do that you get me so your body knows what it's doing and it knows what it's like it's just for you to not be in your head yeah all the time and pay attention. Be present in the moment. And I think that that's a good way to start. Figuring out what you like. And I'll be very transparent. Like, I didn't start exploring my body until I was 30 years old. Okay. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the way I was raised. And, you know, in such a very strict household. And sex is taboo. Everything is taboo. Like, literally, like, less than a year ago, I started exploring my own body. Mm-hmm. And then it allowed me to know what I like and what I don't like. And that has helped me significantly when it comes to, um, you know, having intercourse with someone else. Because I can instruct them and tell them, don't waste my time. (laughs) Tom. I don't like doing. Yeah. Do not. I think to answer your question, just checking out your own body and just knowing what you like is one way to start. Yeah. And then you can move forward into having a conversation with your partner or, you know, the other individual and finding out what they like and how are they open to doing the things that you like and vice versa. Yeah. Just having that conversation is really like the starting point. Yeah. I think it's so important, too, because I think a lot of us are out here having bad sex. Oh, and it's, it's so not. It's so sad. <laughs> it's I think no sex is better than bad sex. I agree. No sex is better than bad sex. It just sex rather... should not be bad. It should be fulfilling. It should be. Because, like, it's 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 a part, isn't it? You know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. Isn't it one of the primary ones? Yes. I feel like, I feel like, Yeah. Yeah, it's at the bottom. So even outside of what we already think, like in in you know scientifically speaking, sex is important. Yeah. Who cares what we say? Scientists have proven that one of your hierarchy of needs and things that you need to sustain life and to be able to you know you know be happy as a human, one of those things is the ability to feel pleasure, yeah. and one of the ways is through sex. Yeah, that's just how our bodies are made. Mm-hmm. I agree. I second that. So this is like a kind of a dumb question. <laughs> or maybe it's There's not no a dumb question. There's no such thing as a dumb question. There are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice thing teachers say to kids. Um, but <laughs> what do you think about <laughs> body counts? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> See? So why I ask is because um again like not approved but like almost (laughs) i always like i just always thought that i was gonna have sex with one person 
And then my mom told me, don't do that because you might get married and not like it. So you should have at least sex with two people. So I was like, all right, two people, that's it. Big ups to your mom. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, you don't want to cheat because you're unhappy. And I was like, great point, Beverly. Gonna go live my life. I don't know. And I didn't, but whatever. But so, so somebody, I think... I think when I started to say, like, oh, I do want to date. Oh, my God, I got to have sex again. Like, what the fuck? Somebody was like, and I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, add another person. Somebody said, everyone erases after 30 or after 25, something like that. And I was like, that shit ain't real. What do you think? I never heard of that part. Maybe that's just in New York. We start erasing bodies. Um, my opinion on body counts, um, to answer your question, fuck that shit. Like, that's how I feel. Okay. Body counts are, are, it's, it's, it's a society's way of like. Well, I was going to try not to say society again. (laughs) But it's true. (laughs) But I was going to say it's, it's a way to put you in a box. It is. If you think about it, if you want to go real deep, the only people who really worry about their body counts are women. Yeah. Yeah, because for men so to sleep with a thousand sexist. women is 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 cool. It's, it's low key sexist. Um, me personally, I don't subscribe to uh, you know, you could only have a certain amount of partners, and mm-hmm. if you have more than that, you are tainted or you know whatever. I, I used to think like that. that. <laughs> yeah, nah. I when I was on like one, I was like, mm, she's had sex with ten people. Wow. <laughs> I had this conversation with my best friend like two days ago. We talked about it, about, you know, a body count or whatever. And I I was asking her, like, you know, do you remember the time when I actually sat down and tried to count? And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I remember. And I was like, you know, like, I felt so pressured to to know and to keep track and to be able to answer to that question if a guy ever asked me, like, what's your body count? So I can give them an accurate count. No, like, no, nobody, like, nobody cares. Of course. Have you ever been asked by a guy? Um, yeah, I have. I've been asked. And it's so funny. I was asked by one of my exes. Like, mm-hmm. he was my first love. Like, we dated 12 years ago. Oh, okay. And he recently asked me. Like, we had crossed Is he trying crossed to figure him. out? Like, I don't I don't know what his <laughs> what his motive was. Right. He recently asked me. Like, you know, mind you, I haven't, like, slept with him in, like, 12 years. Oh, yeah. And we just recently reconnected, saw him somewhere, exchanged numbers or whatever. Just kind of like how you were saying, why can't we talk about, like, you know, favorite color and, you know, how life has progressed? Right. Why are you asking me about my goddamn body count? And, um... Random. To be honest, like, at first I was like, because mm, I, I like to look at things and like, think, like, what's your purpose? I Maybe it's a social me. Like, when you ask me a question, I think first. I'm like, what's what's your purpose of Absolutely. Asking? What do you what but are you gonna I, get out of this answer? And then you know, because I felt like he wasn't gonna benefit anything from the answer, I didn't give him I didn't tell him. Yeah. I said that doesn't concern you. And and at this point, so you know, I had to flip it being the the, the, the psychotherapist that I am. Yes. I had to be like, why is that important to me? Like what what does a body count mean to you? Mm-hmm. What what is what is the importance of a body count? He ain't like that. His body count probably like seventy by now or even more, so he he didn't like that. But yeah, no, I think body count is just another thing to hold people back, yeah, make people feel like they're confined to a box. I think as long as you are an adult, you're making adult decisions, you are practicing consent, you are having mm-hmm. safe sex, 
everyone is um, protected yes. and you are either enjoying yourself or looking into ways to explore so that you can know how to enjoy yourself, yes. it shouldn't matter as long as you're doing it in an appropriate, responsible way. Right. Body count should not should not matter at right. this point. Because you can have sex with a hundred people and be fine. You can have sex with one person and like do it unprotected and something can happen. Exactly. So that's why I think that it shouldn't really be. I think people are so concerned about body count, they should be concerned about orgasm. <laughs> I mean, change your mindset. Yeah, you got to change your mindset. Don't be concerned about how many body counts you have. Be concerned about are you even having satisfying sex, bro? Like, are you able to have multiple orgasms back to back? Are you able to have to know how to orgasm? You worrying about a body count and the people who you probably got a one and a two body count. You don't. You never came. That, That's true. You, that is worry. probably very accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I don't. Do people still worry about body count? I mean, some, some. Oh, I've been asked. I've been asked like in this this recent times of meeting people. Like, have you slept with more than like twenty people? I'm like. One, why are you asking? Like, same. And two, like, if I say yes, does that change your opinion of me if I said no? Then if I said no. Yeah. No, I'm more concerned about energy than body count. Yeah. Who, yeah, who, I'm more concerned who, about that. Who are the people that you have energy with? Yeah, I'm more concerned about energy than, than body count. Yeah. That, that is what scares me when I speak to somebody and I feel like their energy is off or they have a lot of, um, you know, you know, soul ties or, you know, yes. energetic beat. Like, that scares me more than a body count. You can have sex with two people and you got soul ties that's fucking you up. Yeah. And you can have sex with Can you explain people. what soul ties are just in case people don't know? Okay, I'll explain what soul ties are to the best of my ability. Unfortunately, I'm not an expert in that. But a soul tie is basically that energetic connection that is transferred from one person to another when you have sexual mm-hmm. intercourse so um the act of sex is not just you know in and out or whatever it it like i was saying before it has a lot to do with energy and when you have sex with someone you are transmitting your energy to them and their energy to you yeah so that can create a soul type and a lot of times when people you may have an ex that you know is bad for you but you can't figure out why you get it's because you're tired you have an Girl. energetic soul tie and if you want to go deeper I say this is what my, my, my mom used to teach Sunday school so this is what used to scare me I guess this is why I never talked to her about sex because she was creepy <laughs> but she used to always say to her Sunday school class and stuff that like you know when you do you know transmit energy from one person to another you're not just taking their energy you're taking up all the energies of all the yep. other people that they have have transmitted energy yep. with. so energy is is, is big yeah me like I'm low key like obsessed with energy and making sure my energetic space is clear. Yes, you know, um, I'm not harboring anything that could probably block, you know, something in the future for me. So yes, soul ties are something that can happen when you have intercourse or intimacy or whatever you want to call it yeah. with another individual and you're transmitting the energy from one person to another. Vache talks about him in his book too. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Of their future life. Yeah, I gotta read it. Yeah. No, it's definitely so. So, like I said, I'm more concerned about that than than body count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's facts. Because, like, for if if you're a woman, 
in a heterosexual relationship, then you are taking in that energy. Yeah. And, yeah, I was going to say another thing, and I felt like that would that was too much. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It is. Okay. Any other any other thoughts you have? Any other final thoughts you have? Um. No, I mean I think that we we've touched base on everything that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Thank you for so, being on. Oh, you already know this is long overdue. It is. It is. It is. It is. But you're finally here. Where can people? find you tell us what's going on very exciting news okay so um my instagram is telly.tell so it's t-e-l-l-y dot t-e-l-l-z i am trying you know with the help of my good dear friend joy to um and the encouragement of her actually um to start my own platform yeah um, so i coined it i've named it it's gonna be tell them telly like tell them but it's d-e-m because i'm low-key high-key i guess i'm real jamaican <laughs> so it's gonna be tell them telly that's gonna be the name of my platform um i also have an instagram um underneath that handle as well right now that instagram is more mental health based because i am a licensed clinical social worker yes come on lcsw yes lcsw (laughs) so i do um have a passion for mental health and breaking the stigma and talking more about mental health especially in the minority community but i also um want my voice to be heard because i feel like i have a lot to say yes so i um want to begin my platform so i'm in the processes of um starting that so i've already come up with a name and a logo and all that good stuff awesome so um that's where you can find me until you know somebody puts me on tv or you know whatever the case yes tv Um, yeah speaking into existence that's right that's what you gotta do manifest that shit um I didn't, I, I like, feel like I started talking about us meeting and then I changed the subject or started talking about something else. But we, like, we've known each other for six years. We met in person at the Millennial Social Work Conference, which they haven't put the dates out yet, right? For 2020? I, I keep, like, stalking the Instagram and the website because I'm like, one of these things is going to have it before there's a post, but there hasn't been. Um, are you, do you plan on going 2020? Um, is the sky blue? <laughs> of course, I'm going. Like that's gonna be like our new thing. We I know. Together. I'm so excited. Like, we have to. No, we have. Like I'm definitely gonna go. Like yes. that's my plan to go. Um, I I really would love to be more active this year. Yeah. But I may take another you know step back and kind of like you know be just an attendee, and then maybe next year I'll try to do something like present. Oh or, yeah, presenter. You know, Something like that, you know, but I'm definitely gonna be there. I'm looking, I know I'm like, put the dates out so I know when it is. Erica, right, come on, Erica. Right. Because in my mind, Erica's my friend. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> definitely gonna be there, especially because you know what you're trying to do. So you already know I gotta be your biggest uh, cheerleader. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. No, but I I I'll definitely be there. Yeah, it's been so. six years. I feel like it's been more than six years I've known you, Julie. I feel, maybe it was. I feel like it was 2013. It's been a while. But 
I hopefully will be going to the Millennial Social Work Conference also. It is in Georgia, 2020. Don't know the dates. Somebody DM'd me. It was Sometimes like, spring. Yeah. Someone was like, do you have information? I was like, I know what you know. <laughs> I don't have any insight. Um, so I know that I, like a while ago I had asked her, did she know when it was going to be? And she was saying maybe in March again, but maybe not. So, But it'll be in the spring. So, Sometimes. And we'll be there live. We'll be there. Yeah, they posted something last week saying they're about to start selling tickets. Uh, give me a date, so man. Should, the date should be coming out soon. Yeah. So if you are... Their, their Instagram is Millennial SW? Yes. No, Millennial SWC. Oh, Millennial SWC. If you want more information on the Millennial Social Work Conference, um, we had a really good time this year. And I'm sure that 2020 will be even better and bigger. Yeah, it was great. 2019 was pretty dope. Met some really awesome social workers. Oh, yeah. Um, So stay tuned. Follow them on Instagram if you have an Instagram. Uh, Their website, I think, is Millennial. I should look this stuff up before. I always, I I'm like, I always like start talking about something it's, and I'm the, like, I don't the, know. The website is Millennial swc.com I got you thank you thank you because I'm like why do you do that and I've been like hold on let me go search the whole internet okay so yeah if you don't have Instagram you're not an Instagram person check out that website and look out for dates um maybe we can do like a meetup in Georgia yeah we could we could probably yeah for for real if anyone reaches out to you or me we can probably go like a day earlier or something like that yeah and cause we had our own little meetup. <laughs> we did. Yeah, oh my god, it was so cool to like meet people that you follow. On if you've never like if you are like an Instagram person and you like meet people in real life, it's like oh my god, you're real and you're cool. Mm-hmm. So that was really dope. Yeah. Shout out to the bearded social worker and Lulu speaks. Yeah. Yes. Aww, that was such a good time. Okay, now I'm just gonna talk about that for thirty minutes. Okay, I'm gonna stop. But yes, um, I would say my final thoughts are absolutely check in with yourself if you're enjoying sex. And then if you're not, check in with your partner or partners, you know, and like be able to have those conversations. And I think they're difficult conversations, but I think they could really change the course of like your relationship and, and how you feel. Because just because somebody thinks like ramming themselves inside of you feels good to them, it might not feel good to you. And it is okay to say something. Yeah, yeah um, it's okay. And I appreciate your like, don't let society or my brain feel like, make me feel like I got to go have a baby tomorrow. Because, you know, at some point, just going to go trap somebody. Just kidding. Just kidding. If I, if I get pregnant, I didn't trap anybody, I swear. All <laughs> right. Disclaimer. I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not I'm kidding. sure that'll really help my dating life, me saying I'm going to trap somebody. That's how you get them, Joy. But anyway, I am excited about... I'm going to try to get excited about dating. I'm not so much excited about it now, I'm going to be honest. But I'm going to try to get excited about it. I'm going to read these books. I'm going to continue doing the work on myself because I think it starts there. 
it absolutely starts there. Like, if I'm a fucking mess, how am I going to be a mess with you? Oh, my God. Especially if somebody is, like, put together. Then he's going to be looking at me like, my girlfriend is toxic. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And then I don't want us to be two messes, so... You gotta be yoked equally. Exactly. Somehow, some way. Exactly. So I gotta get my energy and my life together so that when I meet somebody, you know, he can be like, Wow, she's a dope she's a dope woman. We don't say female anymore, right? <laughs> um, not like this bitch is a hot ass mess and she need to leave me alone. <laughs> nah, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Especially with, you know, the tools that you have in place. Exactly. You're going to read your books. You're going to work on yourself. I'm going to keep going to therapy. Oh, yes. Let's not forget therapy. Yes. Go to therapy, y'all. Yes, absolutely. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Point back and period. Period. Ooh. Um, I'm actually going to be doing an Instagram live, but not until November. So stay tuned for information on that. But it's going to be about going to therapy and um, paying for it. So stay tuned. If you follow me on social media, I'll be posting about that soon, soon, soon. Yes, and I'm going to be speaking on October 12th in Brooklyn at a mental health empowerment event. Um, nervous. <laughs> But excited with um, Dr. Dr. Randy. I was trying to think of his Instagram. Such a terrible person. With Dr. Dot underscore S. Yes, Dr. underscore S. Dr. Randy, he's a mental health, like hip-hop mental health social worker. That was a bad description of him. Sorry, that was trash. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Randy. Ignore everything else I just said. But yeah, so that is October 12th. Um, but yeah, so I'll give you more information. Well, the tickets for that are sold out. So hopefully it happens again so that you can come. People can come and support that. But yeah, that's what's going on with me. Can't wait for your podcast to come out and your platform and all of these things. Oh, boy. Send me all the good vibes. All the good ooh, vibes. Imposter syndrome is ooh. trying to take my edges no, off. Fucking imposter syndrome, man. Fight that shit. Imposter syndrome is trying to take me out. No, don't let it. Don't let it. Fight the power. You got this. You can do this. But anyway, yeah, thank I'm you. Excited. Yes, I'm excited too. And thank you again for being here and for chatting with me. You're welcome. Lana. I appreciate we do it. More often. Yes. And thank you everybody for listening and for supporting. Um, you are awesome. Have a great one. Bye. Say no.